And then it was episode 65. <laughs> All right. Are you connected to your food? Might sound a bit tree hugger-esque, but are you on your phone while you eat? Watch Netflix while you eat? Working at your desk? Driving in your car? Rather than actually experiencing the taste of the food in your mouth <laughs> or the texture or actually chewing your food. Do you do any of that? <laughs> Maybe you even get to the post-meal scenario and think, how is that over already? Does that ever happen to you? <laughs> well, actually, if any of these things happen to you whilst you're in the company of food, then today's episode is for you. Oh, and also, there is an awesome mindful eating exercise that we do that you can do too, about two-thirds in. Okay, let's dive in. Welcome to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. You've tuned in because you want to start taking your health seriously, so you don't, well, get sick and die. Here we talk all things health, nutrition, and human optimization. Let's jump into it with your host and resident scientist, Maddie Lansdowne. What's up, my healthy friends? Today is another interview episode that you are just going to love. Now, before we get there, it is my personal mission to coach 150 individuals to create the sustainable, healthy life that they truly want before the end of 2020. So, it's actually quite convenient that today's guest is on today because it is actually Eating Disorder Week, which is the 24th of February to the 1st of March. And it might shock you to know that someone dies from an eating disorder every 62 minutes. It's a horrifying number. And eating disorders can be anything to do with underconsumption of food, overconsumption of food, body image issues, even being excessively and obsessively healthy too. Who would have thought, right? And they're also associated with a range of other mental health issues, which is why we have amazing humans jumping on the podcast to help people that are battling with these health problems ones just like this. And so, if you feel that you may need some support with your own relationship with food and your eating habits and body image, you can, of course, reach out to today's guest. And also, you can reach out to the butterflyfoundation.org.au, whom provides support for those with eating disorder and body image issues. So, look after yourself, you know, do the right thing and reach out when you need it. There's no shame in taking those steps. Okay, so the interview. It's time. Now, I hope you're excited because we have our first return guest on the show today, which is a little milestone for me to hit, which is pretty awesome. This wonderful human and friend of mine appeared on episode number 14, so go and check that out. And that was only after eight weeks being on the air, and now it's almost a year later. Time really does fly. So... I'm obviously talking about psychologist, public speaker, and food blogger, Stephanie Giorgio. And as you might know her on Instagram, Mind Food Steph, formerly Mel Brunch Queen. Now, as a psychologist and through her Instagram page, Steph has particular interest in nutrition, food, and eating disorders and helping you solve those complex problems you may have around things like binge eating and emotional eating as well. Since she was last on the show, she appeared in the Age newspaper, one of the mainstream national newspapers here in Australia, and also recently collaborated with Monica. University as the voice on their mindfulness series to allow students to access stress relief resources and mindful eating and body exercises. It really is amazing the opportunities that the podcast can provide. <laughs> so let's get into it. Welcome back to the show, Steph. How are you doing? Good. Hello, Maddie. Thank you so much for having me back. I was super excited when you got in touch because so much has happened and I have so much to share with everyone. 
I know, I've been keeping track on Instagram. So like, let's start there. Why the rebrand? <laughs> I know. New year, new me. <laughs> but seriously, I look, I absolutely love brunching. It is how I did build my Instagram. But over time, I've just naturally shared more psychology on the page. And, you know, I'm so much more than egg photos. So people would start messaging me, asking me questions or, you know, relationship um, advice. And I just found myself naturally helping people with a range of psychology topics because the mind and the food you eat is so linked. So that's why I decided I'm going to rebrand to Mind Food Steph because I am about the mind, I am about food, and it's also a little bit about me and how I can help everyone. Yeah, that sounds great. I love that. And I'm so glad that that evolution has happened. So, what I guess we should probably start with is just a bit of a recap on episode 14 for anyone that hasn't been there. Um, so do you want to touch on the stuff we talked about last time? Yeah. So in episode 14, if you haven't listened to it, make sure you listen to it. It's Check really it. good. Um, start off with a little bit about my story. So I do have a history of an eating disorder and through that, I've really learned to transform my mind and many other minds. So I've worked with thousands of clients in the clinic, online, via Zoom, via email, on a range of different eating concerns. And that previous podcast just goes through what is an eating disorder, um, how you can manage binge eating. But over the time now between that podcast and this one, I've sort of reframed the term eating disorder into eating disturbance because I believe, you know, eating disturbance happens along a spectrum. And at the end of the spectrum is your eating disorders. But I think everyone has a little bit of eating disturbance at some point in their lives at least. Yeah, absolutely. We touched on a bit of orthorexia, anorexia and all mm-hmm. of those types of things too. And so I guess to follow on from the last episode to this one, um, since now that you're engaging sort of in the mindfulness space as the voice with in collaboration with Monash, um, can you talk more about that? Yeah, so that happened actually through the Mindful Hub. So if you've been following me on Instagram, you'll see that uh, I'm now working with the Mindful Hub, which is an online platform to access psychological services through Zoom, through email, and that is for clients, that is for psychology students, and we offer a whole range of services as well. So through the Mindful Hub, they got in touch with me um, because Monash University were looking for someone to record their voice for some mindfulness uh, scripts. So I did a mindfulness eating script and I also did a mindfulness body scan. I've really come to love mindfulness. I use it a lot in my uh, daily practice as much as I can, but also with my clients and especially with eating disturbance, I found it to be so useful. So I wanted to come back on today and give people a tool to actually manage eating disturbance, binge eating, or just eating in everyday life. We're really in a chapter in sort of history, I think, or at least our lives where mindfulness is a thing and meditation is a thing and lots of people are talking about it online. And I guess everybody, it's kind of a term that people throw around now. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm mindful. But <laughs> what does it actually mean? What does it actually mean? Exactly. Are we all like, oh, yeah, it's good to be more mindful and I do mindfulness, but what is it? So mindfulness is the practice of paying attention mindfully, non-judgmentally, and being in the moment 100%. So what does that mean? (laughs) So basically, mindfulness is being aware of all the stuff going on in your head, but not getting carried away by it. I love this metaphor where imagine a busy highway and there's cars, trucks, 
Ferraris, different cars going up and down this highway. Now, being mindful would involve standing on the edge of the highway and noticing the cars go by. If you stand in the middle of the highway, you're obviously going to get crushed, you're going to create disturbance. But when you're mindful, if you're standing on the edge of the highway and noticing these cars, they go past regardless of what you think, regardless of how you feel, regardless of your sensations. So if you imagine these cars to be your thoughts, the big trucks are the big heavy thoughts that come, the Ferraris, <laughs> they're the fleeting thoughts that just you know aren't that important, but they can be exciting. And then you've got your regular cars that are just your day-to-day thoughts, what you're doing, how you're going. And what we normally do is we get caught up in these thoughts and we allow those thoughts to take over us and take control and dictate how we feel. So if we stand in the middle of the highway, our thoughts crash into us. They stop us being productive. They change the way we feel. Whereas if we stand back from the highway, we notice our thoughts going by, but we don't engage in them or let them distract us. That is mindfulness. So in the context of mind, food, Steph, Mm -hmm. what's the next bit? Like how does mindfulness apply to the food, to our eating? Yeah. Great question. So mindful eating, so applying mindfulness to the way we eat and experience food has shown to have so many benefits. So I'd love to go into those benefits. Basically, mindful eating has shown to help people regulate their weight, lose weight, eat with increased awareness, enjoy their food more, be present with friends and family, and also it helps with cravings. Big one, cravings, Mm -hmm. that emotional eating stuff. A big one. And I guess I first noticed the benefits of mindful eating when I was in Thailand earlier this year. And, you know, obviously your food, it was a health retreat and your food is set at a particular time. And it's not like you can go back to the fridge and get more. It's like, this is my only dish and it's usually a healthy one. And I really focused on putting my phone away, eating my food, and I just noticed how much better food tasted and how much more satisfied I was eating less. And that was primarily because you were mindful and I guess in that context being really present? Exactly, exactly. So how how do you be present with food is the question and with yeah. eating. So there are a couple of ways, but first I want to go into what is mindless eating? And I want people to think about these next uh, examples of mindless eating and tell me or, you know, reach out. And if you're experiencing this, you can change. So the first type of mindless eating, i.e. not being aware when you eat, is eating with distraction. So if you find yourself eating meals in front of a laptop, scrolling through social media or in front of the TV, that is the first sign that you're not eating mindfully. And don't worry, I do this as well. Me too. (laughs) I'm guilty, especially at the desk. Exactly, because the the problem is, Matt, we have learned to grow up believing multitasking is a good thing. You know, let's be more effective. Let's um, go on our phone while we're eating our food. Let's drive and listen to a podcast. And look, there are ways to be more effective, but it's come to the point now where we believe doing one thing at a time is almost lazy or unproductive. And don't worry, I've been a victim of this too. Yeah, no, I can totally relate to that. And when you do actually sit down and focus your attention on one thing, then all those thoughts creep in of like, I'm not doing this, I'm not doing this. I could probably be doing three things right now. Yes, exactly. And mindfulness is noticing those thoughts, but bringing yourself back to the present moment and the task you're doing. Because research has shown doing one thing at a time 
and not doing 50,000 things actually increases your productivity. You meet deadlines quicker and you are more efficient and focused. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a lot of benefits. But back to um, what were we talking about, Mind- mindless eating. If you also notice yourself eating fast or feeling very full rather than satisfied, that's another sample of mindless eating. So if you find it difficult to differentiate between, you know, am I satisfied or am I just eating for the sake of it? That's another example. Uh, Similarly, using food to cope with emotion. So if you feel hunger come on very suddenly, you know, coincidentally at the time you receive an email from your boss and you're like, I need something to eat. That's usually a mindless hunger cue where you're not actually hungry. You're using food as a distraction to cope with an emotion. Yeah, I talk a lot to that and especially the public speaking stuff I do. And I sort of say, if you're in the Western world, it's almost very likely that that is emotionally cued because if you're lucky enough to live in the Western world or anywhere where there's an abundance of food, biologically, you are really not hungry. Like mm. there's plenty of food around. You've probably had enough. You probably ate yesterday. Like, and you know, it gets into the sort of intermittent fasting conversation a little bit. But the idea is that you're actually not hungry. Like biologically, you don't need the nutrients. You don't need the caloric input. It is an emotional reaction. Exactly. Absolutely. And the problem is when you do start eating for the sake of it, that can then trigger binge eating because you think, oh, well, I've, I've stuffed up or I've eaten something that was out of my dietary rules. And then all those thoughts come, I might as well eat this or who cares. But mindfulness is being aware of those thoughts, but not getting carried away by them. Not going down the spiral of failure and self-punishment. And- Absolutely, because that is what, you know, your thoughts dictate how you feel and then your feelings dictate behaviour. So what people try to do is they try to change the behaviour, but what you actually need to be aware of is your thoughts because if you don't run with those thoughts, it won't affect how you feel and then that won't affect your behaviour. Are those thoughts even another layer deeper underpinned by your belief systems? Yeah, absolutely. So your belief systems around food is the core belief of what you believe. So for example, you might eat a donut and your core belief might be donuts will make me fat. And then what happens is when you eat a donut, your your thoughts are going to be like, I shouldn't be eating this. How am I going to lose weight? I'm such a failure. This is never going to work for me. Those thoughts are going to lead you to eat more donuts because yeah. you feel like a failure. So those that belief about donuts influences your thoughts about eating a donut, which influences your behavior about donuts. So how do we change our belief systems then? If that's the underpinning foundational like thing that begins the mechanism playing out, Yes. what do we do there? Okay. So in the scope of mindfulness, the key is be aware of your thoughts, which come from belief systems, but not let them control you. So the problem is people try to block thoughts or stop them. But when you do that, thoughts become more intrusive and more disruptive. So the key is what you want to do is notice and acknowledge your thoughts, but allow them instead of being right in front of your face, stopping you seeing and doing what you're doing. It's almost like getting those thoughts and putting them on your lap. So, hey, thought that this donut is going to make me fat. I hear you. I see you. That's cool. But I'm just going to pop you down here and get back to doing what I'm doing. So it's almost like attentional awareness, bringing your attention to the thought, but bringing it back to the present moment. And that's what mindfulness is, is bringing yourself back to the present moment. Because when we have one foot in the present and one foot in the past, you tend tend to uh, ruminate 
And that can create depressive symptoms. Whereas if you have one foot in the present and one foot in the future, worrying about the next event, thinking about what you're doing in a week from now, that leads to precipitatory anxiety and can make you actually feel anxious. And research has shown when you're in the present moment and you have both your feet in what you're doing right now in the present, you have increased levels of happiness. Yeah, right. So be present is the fundamental message coming through this podcast. Yes, be present without judgment. Because even uh, metacognition, which is the action of thinking about thinking, is we might have a thought, I've eaten this donut and it's going to make me fat. Then what can happen is you then judge that thought. Oh my God, why am I thinking like this? I shouldn't judge that thought. Or, But the thought is true. And that then judgment on that thought leads to increased anxiety. So the key with mindfulness is notice your thought, be aware of it, non-judgmentally. Yeah, wow. So I know myself from working with clients that these can be re- these practices can be really hard to implement or di- dissect. So yeah. what what are some tools that people can use to begin to dissect maybe their habit patterns or the way that they you know follow through with these things? Because a lot of people I find, especially with clients, they realize in the middle, like mm. they're halfway eating, they're eating that donut already, and it's just like, oh shit, I've just caught myself out, but it's too late. So, what what are the things people can do in order to identify it as it comes on or as it's happening, and what to do in that moment? Because a lot of people, as you've already alluded to, just go straight down the self punishment pathway. Absolutely, and look, it starts even before eating the donut. So, my advice or my recommendation is. If you're going to eat something that's not within your uh, current goals or values, honour it and enjoy it. If It's not the donut that is going to make you put on weight or make you feel guilty. It's your perceptions about that and your thoughts about eating the donut. So firstly, before you engage in that behaviour, become aware of your thoughts and this is what mindfulness is. Become mindful of your thoughts and your feelings before you even eat that donut and allow yourself to have these thoughts and feelings without judgment. And then following that, enjoy it and honor it. Eat the donut with full awareness. So mindful eating, what that involves is step one, sit down and don't have any distractions around you. Don't have your phone on. Don't be distracted by other people. And secondly, notice the food. How does it look? How does it feel? What are the uh the ridges or the curves on the food, really look at this food like it's something you've never seen before. What I've noticed, especially with, um, I guess, food that's not healthy, people eat it very quickly because it's like, if I can get away with it faster, then I won't have to, you know, think about what I'm doing. Like a secret they're quickly trying to bury. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. And we've all been there. So yeah, if you are going to eat something that usually you wouldn't normally eat, honour it and enjoy it. But be fully present with it because when you are fully present, your food tastes completely different. So I've recently introduced mindful eating in my breakfast. Normally I'll eat my breakfast with my phone, scrolling on Instagram. And at the end of it, I'm like, oh, I'm already finished. Like I don't even remember that. But now I just eat, I take a bite. And I never realized how sweet capsicum is (laughs) or, you know, how like smooth avocado is. And you notice textures, you notice tastes, you notice these different flavors. And it's like your taste buds have been reborn. 
Oh, I couldn't agree more. And even with the food that we might otherwise classify as, you know, not ideal for health or bad food, quote unquote, even when you take the same approach, it's like normally you might sit at your desk, you've got 25 things, the phone's ringing, this and that, and you consume a whole, you know, bag of twisties or whatever, chips, you know, a mm-hmm. massive bag, and you don't even realize it happened. But even with that food, if you stay completely present and aware, like just one or two mouthfuls can completely satiate that need as opposed to just absorbing everything in sight without thinking about it. So I think you can take that same approach to healthy food and less than ideal food. Absolutely. And like you said earlier, how can someone introduce mindfulness or mindful eating into their life? Honestly, it just starts with one step. So instead of eating in front of your desk at work, go outside or sit somewhere by yourself and just eat that food. You'll notice such a difference. Research has shown that when you actually stop working on your break and you don't talk about work and you leave the desk, you're actually more productive. Yeah, that's amazing. Plus, you're going to get fresh air, you're going to get vitamin D into your skin, hopefully. You know, there's a lot of, uh, a myriad of benefits to being outside when you consume your food. So many benefits as well. Yeah, absolutely. And and as well, there's apps. I've actually just signed up for a year subscription to the Freedom app. I don't know if you've heard of it, but, um, and I have no affiliation here, guys, but (laughs) it's literally, you put all the websites in, you put all the apps in, and you just start a session. You can just set up different sessions. So if you need to do, if you've got a business and you need to do just Instagram work and you don't want Facebook distracting you or YouTube, you can put them, so you can put them all in there. So now when I need to do work, it's just like start a session. Those uh, those distractions have uh, inaccessible to me. Like wow. I pick up my phone and go to scroll and it's just like website cannot be found. And I'm like, oh yeah, work. Like, That's so amazing. Th- th- you could put in a lunch session. You could totally do that. Like And just be like, right, I had press this, press go when I have lunch. And you'd be fully present because all the distractions in your phone have been eliminated. And you can exactly. pick phones, PCs, as many as you want. So picture this, right? Unlocking your potential, conquering emotional eating, and gaining insights directly from a health and nutrition expert such as myself. That's what we do inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group, which is currently free to join. If you've ever felt trapped by food challenges, struggled with maintaining a healthy lifestyle, or yearned for a community that understands the reasons why you've yo-yo dieted for years, then there's a new chapter waiting to be written. And this is your chance to start writing it by joining us all on Facebook Lives, on engaging posts that push you out of your comfort zone and into growth, and Q&A sessions with me. All of this works as a platform to begin changing your emotional eating problems for good. Oh, and also, as a special gift, you receive my transformative How to Turn Food into Self-Confidence ebook. And that's also for free. I get it. Skepticism might linger. You might think, Maddie, I've heard these ads and I'm not sure. Well, at least a quarter of the members inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group have been paying clients of my emotional eating program at some point over the last three or four years. So if you're not sure, you can post in the group and ask to find out if I'm the real deal or not. It's totally up to you. To join us in the free Healthy Mums Collective and to end your emotional eating and feel good in your own skin and begin that journey, pop down to the show notes below, click the link and breeze through three simple entry questions. Join today and let's embark on a journey of growth and empowerment. The link is in the show notes below. And you're conditioning yourself because it's become so subconscious. We just, sometimes I pick up my phone and I go in a circle. I'm like, Instagram, Facebook, online yeah, banking, too. Zomato. And then I'm, and then yeah. I do it again. And then you just but like, and then you realize, you're like, oh, what am I doing? <laughs> like, you're just like in some hypnotic state. And you're like, why did I even come into this app? It's like when you, <laughs> yes. you go into your laundry in your house and you're like, why am I here? Yeah. Um, so, no, that's the, that would condition you every time you look at your phone and it doesn't work. It, yeah, reinforces that 
when you touch it, it's not going to work. So you stop touching it. So yeah, the power of conditioning. I like it. Yeah, no, I'm loving that app. It's been super useful. But speaking more onto the how to do it. Yes. We're going to do a bit of an exercise today, right? Yes, we are. Mindful eating exercise. And this is something you can practice at home. So if you're driving and you're listening to this right now, you can tune into the end of it later. But it is such a useful exercise just to give you a taste literally, of what uh, <laughs> mindful eating feels and looks like. Awesome. So how are we going to do this? Okay. All right. So, Maddie, I brought either some carrots or a mint <laughs> that you can do this exercise with. What would you like to do? I'm, I'm going to have to choose the carrot. Yeah, of course. I feel like with, you know, thousands of people listening to this, we uh, got to be healthy. Exactly. <laughs> That's and, what we're all about. Mints can burn after a while. So um, <laughs> here's your carrot. Yes. And we're doing this live, guys. Thank you. So, yeah, you'll hear the crunch. Oh, don't eat it yet. <laughs> I nearly did. That automatic food reaction. <laughs> It'll be mindful. That's right. So mindfulness starts with your eyes and with all the senses. So the first thing I want everyone to do is grab a piece of food. Usually a sultana is the best for this, but you can do it with a piece of food as well on your dinner plate, whatever you feel comfortable with. Why sultana? Why raisin? Yeah, it's the famous raisin exercise. Right. I think because it's it's small, it's easy, it's a bite-sized piece. Yeah, yeah. I've done workshops where people have used watermelon, um, <laughs> popcorn, all different types of things, but the raisin just works. Yeah, right. Yeah, and sultana. Cool. I was just uh, speculating. Maybe it's that sugar hit that uh, people experience it because I know that I know a few of those exercises and they always use a, a fruit that's dried, so therefore the sugar content and the physical experience would be higher. Right. I'm okay. just hypothesizing even, in my brain. Yeah. Like, I think as well, sultanas are underrated and people often don't like them. But when they do this exercise, like wow, like I never realized the sultana could be so satisfying. <laughs> Mind food connection. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I like it. All right, we're looking at the carrot. Okay, you've got your carrot? I've got it. Okay, so here we go. So grabbing the piece of food that's in front of you, I want you just to notice it. Observe what it looks like. Notice the colour, the shape whether it's got any ridges or whether the surface is smooth. Notice any thoughts or distractions that come up while you're doing this exercise. Just pop them on a cloud and come back to the exercise. Now as you hold your food item, I want you to take it up to your nose and smell it. This smell might bring back a memory or it might bring up unpleasant associations and that is okay. Whether the smell is positive or negative, just become aware of it without judgment. Next, I invite you to take a bite of the food. <laughs> Without chewing just yet. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> it's okay. Do it again. All right. Go. 
So take a bite and just allow it to sit on your tongue. (laughs) (laughs) Just notice how it feels sitting on your tongue. Be aware of the sensations on your taste buds. And just notice any urges to chew, any urges to giggle, and just notice these urges without judgment and with full awareness. Now I invite you to take one bite and you can chew and notice the feeling of chewing. Notice how the food is broken down and just be aware of any flavours in your mouth. Notice the sensations in your mouth or any thoughts you have and just be aware of these without judgement. And as you swallow, just noticing the swallow from the throat, down your body, into your stomach, following the food all the way down. And just noticing how this feels. Okay, so that was a very short one. Usually these might go a little bit longer and you can find different ones online that you enjoy, but I'd love to just do a mini reflection on that experience. I was clearly impatient. (laughs) Were you? (laughs) Well, I didn't, I sort of should have mentioned don't chew yet, um, but you were eager to eat that carrot. I was. Um, So firstly, when you were just looking at it, what did you notice? I noticed some of the lines in like the core of the carrot that, yeah, I just sort of had never been observant of a carrot before. Yeah, you've never looked at a carrot that closely. Not that intently, no. Yeah, great. And in terms of, I guess, uh, the smell, what did you notice? Um, What did I notice? I noticed that I was, it brought back memories of like being at a family event where there'd be like celery and carrot sticks and dip kind of thing. And I, I don't know a specific one, but I kept going to like this same Tupperware container that mum used to use for those events. Mm. And that, that's what kept coming to mind as I like really smelled the carrot. Yeah. And that's the thing. We often have associations with food and with smells. And what mindfulness is, is being aware of the associations, but not judging it. Because you might smell a food and think, oh God, this takes me back to when my parent used to force me to eat this. But it's about noticing that sensation and that thought without judgment. So mindfulness is essentially just creating a distance between what you're thinking and what you're feeling. I um, Yeah, I, I definitely had that reflection and thought, yeah, this is a. I think it's a positive memory that I had. But mm-hmm. from now on, when I touch a carrot, I'm going to definitely think of this experience right now. <laughs> yeah, wow, isn't that? And then you'll eat it a bit more slowly. Totally. <laughs> I know. I just tend to chomp carrots down, but it, and that's the thing. Just practicing one bite of mindfulness will make you automatically more conscious and aware the next time you eat that food. So it's almost like a um a, a trigger or sort of putting a conditioning motion in place. Yeah. Um. Okay. And then. The first bite. 
first bite. Um, I guess being in a recording studio and it being so silent, I was just very aware of the noise. <laughs> aware of the noise. Like the crunch. Like. And did you notice yourself almost judging that? Like, oh, are people going to find this irritating? Oh, or- a little bit. Yeah. So especially sitting in front of you. I'm like, kind of like, <laughs> oh, shit, like. I'm being watched. <laughs> I couldn't even. I couldn't even hear your chewing. To be honest, actually, I, at one point in there, I just decided to close my eyes, and I was totally more relaxed about it. <laughs> Excellent. And that's the other thing: you can do this closing your eyes or with your eyes open. And when you're being mindful of the carrot in your mouth, mm-hmm. what did you notice? Um, just the texture, like all the edges after having bitten it. That it was all sort of, yeah. There was some fairly solid edges and shapes, I guess. Mm-hmm. And in terms of the flavor and your thoughts and your sensations and your feelings? Were you noticing anything else come up? Well, I've actually done a body scan exercise today already. So I was, I've already sort of been through that, but I definitely, yeah, was just, I've never done that mindfulness with food in Mm -hmm. like actually swallowing food. So yeah, I was just hyper aware of the physical sensations, like literally as it progressed from, I guess, my lips down sort of my esophagus. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Because And chewing. One thing I notice when I apply mindful eating is I'm actually finishing the bite that I've taken because what we do, and especially with dessert, I've noticed I do this. While I'm eating it, I'm thinking, what am I going to have next? Or, you know, I'm going to go get seconds. Rather than enjoying that particular bowl or that dish, I've already got my mind in the next, ta- uh, the next bowl full. Yeah, absolutely. Which is as soon as we can finish it, What's next? What's next? Again, it gets back to that being present thing. You've got your feet in the future. Exactly. So you're not enjoying the present moment. And that's why uh, often when we eat mindlessly, it results in feelings of guilt, shame, embarrassment, because we're already thinking about what we're going to put in our mouth next. We're not enjoying here. And before we know it, we've eaten four bowls of ice cream or yogurt and you think, oh my gosh, I didn't even remember that because you do it so subconsciously. But mindfulness, i.e. being in the present moment, it prevents that. Yeah, absolutely. And so people can just do this every time they eat, essentially? Yeah, absolutely. You can, I mean, obviously it's a bit more challenging if you're out socially, but you practice a different kind of mindfulness. When you're out socially, you can practice mindful listening where you're listening 100% to that person without judgment, without sensations, noticing them, but not giving into them per se or without phone distractions. Yeah, I think that's a really big one. Even people that sit in the company of others, like, you know, you see the classic couple that are both eating and on their phone and not even talking to one another. Mm -hmm. So many things going on there, so much input. Yeah, exactly. And you then forget sometimes, you know, I think back to a time I ate something and I don't remember it. So what mindfulness does is it actually improves your memory as well. So here's an example. When have you driven somewhere and you get to your destination and you're like, I don't even remember that drive. That's because you drove mindlessly. While you were driving, you were in your head and not out noticing the roads. So driving mindfully is the act of noticing the traffic, being aware of the trees, being aware of what's out in front of you. But when you're up in your head thinking about yesterday, tomorrow, the past, the future, when you're five years old, you're not in the moment. So even driving, you can do mindfully. You can do anything mindfully. It's just about being present, irrelevant of the task. Yep. It's about noticing what's going on in your head, saying, yep, cool, but bringing yourself to the present moment. Great. Well, I appreciate you taking me through that. 
No, no trouble at all. And if people want to get started, there's so many online apps you can use. Uh, Smiling Mind is a great one. One Giant Mind I particularly love. If you want to get some sort of uh, training or introduce some mindfulness into your life, there's some great platforms. Um, I'm definitely going to launch my mindfulness uh, program next year. So stay tuned. It's going to be a mindful eating program. Oh, that's amazing. I'm super excited to see that come to fruition. And speaking of online, where can everybody find you? And I know we were talking before that you do some work online already. So maybe where can people get in contact with you for that? And exactly what is it that you offer? Yep. Great question. So you can find me on Instagram under Mind Food. Steph. And if you're wanting to connect with my services and find out more about what I offer, head to the Mindful Hub. So all my services are online there. I do Zoom consultation. We do coaching, therapy, um, even email, whatever you're looking for. There really is nothing I don't offer. As you've mentioned, I am a psychologist. I have three degrees. I've specifically trained in this aspect. So I feel really confident that, that I can help anyone listening to this. So don't hesitate, just reach out because your life can truly be enriched just by applying some psychological tools and strategies. I'm certain that you can change people's lives. So and <laughs> and in, so people can access you. I will yeah put all your details in the show notes below. And remember guys, if you learned anything from this episode, take a screenshot, share it on social media, tag us both, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, wherever you like to hang out. So I've already asked you this question before because you're the first return guest. I'm going to ask you again, but what is one piece of health information you wish more people knew about? You know what? I was thinking about this and there's two. So I'm going to reiterate what I said last time, which is restriction leads to binge. So wherever you're restricting in life, at some point or another, it is going to lead to a binge. And my biggest advice to overcome that is if you do experience a binge, wake up and resume normal eating the next day. Do not restrict because that restriction will lead to a binge. And the second piece of uh, health advice I think is be kind to yourself and be self-compassionate. When you're self-compassionate and you treat yourself like a friend, you're actually more productive. You meet deadlines. You are just feeling better within yourself. There's a lot of research into self-compassion. This can be our next podcast. Great idea. Um, But the message is be kind to yourself. I love it. All Mm. right. Well, I appreciate you taking me through that exercise and thanks so much for coming back on the show. Thank you so much. And yes, enjoy your experience with carrots from now on. I'm now intimately connected with carrots. You sure are. (laughs) Thank you so much. And thank you everyone for listening and for all your support. Just say a massive thank you. And yep, I hope to see you soon, connect with you soon. Awesome. Thanks so much, Steph. We'll catch you soon. Okay. Take care. Bye. See ya. Thanks for listening to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. If you love this episode and health information is your thing, then please consider subscribing to the show. And when you're done, head over to iTunes, Google Podcast, or whichever app you use, and we'd be grateful if you could leave us a five-star rating and write a review sharing your opinion on the show as it really helps the podcast grow. Thanks so much, and I'll see you on the next episode. Whilst the presenter that feature on this podcast endeavour to provide accurate information, it cannot possibly take into account your individual circumstances, and therefore the content on this podcast provided by any of the speakers is not intended as advice in any way for any individual, and should not be a replacement for professional medical or health advice of any nature. Always seek advice regarding your personal situation from a qualified medical professional.